rockzone.com. Now, it's time for Scott Weinberg on the Law, featuring renowned attorney Scott Weinberg, along with guest experts and some of the best attorneys in the country, sharing what you need to know to protect your legal rights. Scott Weinberg on the Law is produced by CBS Radio and TalkZone.com. Now, here's your host, Scott Weinberg. Good morning here on a beautiful Saturday morning here in Metro Detroit. Here to you live on Progressive Talk Radio, the new home we love here, these gorgeous, gorgeous facilities here. Coming to you live also online on TalkZone.com, but uh, can't wait to talk about what's going on with the news of the day. Criminal law all over this country taking us by storm. Protecting our rights is what we do here on 1310 AM. Progressive Talk Radio, there is no way we can get away from protecting our rights when we listen to the show. You want to contact our show and talk to us live and get any other kind of advice or put your two cents in, call us at 248-848-1130, live there in Detroit or online. If you're listening all across this country on Talk Zone, you can call 1-800-7100-LAW. That's one 800 7100 Five two nine. We're going to get right to the news, especially what's going on in Michigan and Flint. Thirteen stabbings, five deaths. The fears in Flint, and Michigan. It is unbelievable how crime can seem so rampant. And what I want is a is a burgeoning new city of Flint to try and be not just what people think is crime filled. Oh my goodness, Flint is trying to make a comeback. They're trying to get more into the news without just stabbings and deaths. And that's exactly what's going on right now. Police in Flint are investigating 13 stabbings resulting in five deaths since late May that they believe have been committed by one man. So it's not a crime spree. It's not like there are you know, hundreds of people getting around that are creating racially based crimes. But one guy, they believe, race may be a factor in the crimes, though. So this guy might be doing it for a racial-based issue, but it's not rampant with other people. All the stabbings are victim. Uh, the victims are African Americans and perpetuate perpetu- the perpetrator. The perpetrator. The perpetrator is described by surviving victims as a white male, according to the lead investigator. You know, I've represented people for 20 years, and let me tell you something. The main thing that they do in terms of investigating these crimes is they will get that specific type of person they're looking for, and then go canvas for it. But the problem is, when you are looking for one person, what if there is a copycat crime? And they have to take that into account. They said they're trying to hurt people. The attacker described by surviving victims as a muscular man around five foot 11, six to six two. in many cases, first lured his victims to his car by appearing to have car troubles and needing directions. You know, sometimes with crimes, and it's never a mate, never ceases to amaze me. When you have, when you have reports of crime, and then you know exactly the type of description that they're looking at with this guy, you gotta be careful. You gotta be smart. You know, you don't have to be a cop to realize the smart things that you need to do to pr- try to protect yourself and your family. I mean, you just, you, you don't need to be brilliant. You know what I mean? It's a situation 
that they need, you need to protect yourself. You can't wait for the police. You can't wait for public service announcements that you hear in order to be smart about the things that we talk about every week here on Crime Time Live. What are your rights? How are you going to protect yourself? Not just from the government, but protect yourself from this, from people on the street. You know, there are so many different ways to protect our children just online. You know, we, we read all the time about how our children are, um, susceptible to the, uh, to the criminals that are lurking online. But you know what? It's no different than the guy walking down the street. You have to teach your child when and when not to talk to someone. I mean, that that's the bottom line. So what you need to do is you need to be smart, have street smarts. You need to exactly tell your children and tell your uh, anybody under your control what you do when you see a stranger, what you do when you're online with someone that's uh, that might be talking about different personal issues for you. And when you're walking around in Flint and you're in the streets or you're in your neighborhood, you have to take precautions. Don't walk alone. If you got a child, if you got a 12-year-old, don't let them walk alone. You know, be smart about it. We're going to take some calls here. We got uh, we got uh, Warren. What can we do for you, Warren? Yeah, I was just listening to you. You know, you're talking about the thing in Flint, and uh, this was the subject of another talk show just the other day. And my question then to them, and the same one to you, is, you know, 13 victims, and this has been going on for quite some time. Why is it taking so long for the media or and or the the local police to get this information out? Uh, because and to inform the people who might be become more victims of this. And, and another question, isn't this type of behavior by cities or politicians kind of prevalent here in Michigan? You know, they want to protect the image first, you know, at the risk of the people. You know, I mean, you got to look at any kind of crime, and we talk about that all the time, is when is it reported? Is it reported more because you have celebrities that are either victims or perpetrators, or is it less reported because it might be racially based and you've got such a... Uh, biased in the in the networks to talk about things that people, I guess, are more concerned about. So, is there some type of racial base where, if, let's say, it was a it was a kid and it was a white person or it was someone that that was more celebrity based or famous that they would actually report it more? Well, my question is: is it, is it maybe possible even just corporate control? You know, the money interest outside of race or or, or other matters of such social involvement, just money. You know, I think you know, I think that's really here in Michigan. Uh, you know, where injustice is rampant here. Uh, you know, the powers that be want to control everything, even at the risk of the people, no matter what. Image and reputation and the money flow is what matters first here in Michigan. You know, I, not not including even the rest of the United States, where of course this is, really takes place a lot in, in Washington, where you have all these cover-ups going on. But here in Michigan, which personally to me is, is possibly the most corrupt and racist state in, in all of America, well, controlled I, by, by, by the money powers, the rich, the politically connected, and such, who would put the people at risk to protect their images, their reputations, and to keep that money flowing. Yeah, I think that you have any... Listen, there's corporations that control many different areas and lobbying interests in any state in the country. I don't buy that Michigan is necessarily more corrupt than any other state. The problem with Michigan right now is that 
because of the bad economy, you've got the lack of uh, influence, I think, by the people. You've got more uh, insurance companies that are more dominant because you have less people that have jobs that are here, so they're moving out. I think the simple population of the state, even the city of Detroit, has less power because they have so many less people. But I absolutely agree. I think that you have money that controls so many different interests, and especially how things are reported in the media, whether it's CNN, whether it's CBS, or whether it's Fox, you're going to have corporate interests control the editor's spots on whatever they're talking about. And the well, same thing, I, I and the same thing in the paper too. I mean, you you have a reporting these thirteen stabbings. Do you think that that it's because um, it's owned by? I mean, you know, we're reading off CNN, but let's face it, Detroit Free Press and and the Flint Journal. I mean, they're all covering different issues. They don't cover this all the time. You think it's because of money? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and connections. The power, the, the, the you know the influence of, of powerful connections. I think that has everything to do with it. These people. Well, we don't do. We even have a media left in Michigan anymore. I mean, since the newspaper strike and the demise of, of real journalism, uh, investigative journalism here in Michigan, is there really any taking place? I don't think so. It's, it's few and far in between, and it seems to be very selective. They're all over the sensationalism of Kwame Kilpatrick, but I say for every Kwame Kilpatrick, there's a hundred more out there that are being ignored for whatever reason. They have more influence, uh, you know, or whistleblowers are being, re- you know, uh, their situations were were. Whistleblowers like Gary Brown were actually, actually can get sued by the perpetrator here in Michigan, you know, so. Well, I mean, uh, the issue is always, and we, that's actually one of our, thanks for calling, one of our questions of the day, and that is not just about dealing with things locally here, but nationally, should celebrities or should people of note, even if you want to put Kwame in that regard, which I don't think he's a celebrity, but he clearly is uh, infamous. He's a person of note. Should celebrities be treated differently by our judges and by our system uh, when they're convicted of a crime? I mean, for better or for worse. You know what I mean? Should they, should we cover their cases and should be they be treated differently by the judges and the prosecutors because they have more responsibility, because they're more noteworthy? I mean, let's just talk about those people that are stabbed in Flint. They're not noteworthy. I mean, it's terrible that we don't know their names. We're not talking about their names. We're not talking about the victims of crime. We always talk about the celebrity accused or the person who's convicted and going to jail, like whether it's Lindsay Lohan or whether it's Charlie Sheen or whether it's Kwame Kilpatrick. You know, you go back to what they were talking about in 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 uh, uh, on CNN last night. They were talking about should we have different rules for different celebrities. And I can't imagine you can treat anybody but equally. But what happens with that is you don't get the names, for instance, of these people stabbed in Flint, but you know the person accused of, you know, Rod Blagojevich, the person accused of influence peddling because he's simply famous. Now, when they're convicted, like Kwame, should they get more of a severe sentence because they are more noteworthy. When Lindsay Lohan broke her probation in Beverly Hills, should she get less of a sentence or more of a sentence? Should it be more severe so that they can make some type of statement, some type of public policy statement 
on people that simply abuse the rights of the court to to control them. Lindsay Lohan is an example of she was on probation. She easily could have not gone to jail. All she had to do was comply with the terms of what the judge wanted, but thought she was better than the judge, thought she was better than probation, whined her butt back in jail. Same thing as Kwame. Kwame easily could have stayed out of jail. But what did he do? He thumbed his nose at the system. He didn't care about whether or not they uh, they were going to uh, enforce it. He gave lame excuses for, what, a year, right? Months and months of trying to explain what was going on with his income, with his uh, assets, and nobody bought it. And because he thumbed his nose at the judge, he winded himself, he wound up in prison. Of course, now totally different things with federal cases. You don't want, you want, you don't want to be able to have celebrities treated differently than individuals. But when you do, you have to accept the fact that they are going to be in the news more often. If you want to join this conversation, call us at 248-848-1130 here in Metro Detroit or online at 1-800-7100-LAW. That's 1-800-7100-529. You were talking last week about, uh, about guns and gun control and whether or not there should be gun control in the state. You know what I don't like is I don't like when people point to the fact that there might be uh, instances where people have the legal right to carry a gun, a CCW. And does that make it more susceptible for crimes to occur, for shootings to occur? And there's a recent case here in, uh, in Oakland County. The judge had to call a brief uh, recess in the trial. This is an individual who had a CCW. And he basically uh, got into an argument and a fight. Obviously, there was a shooting. And what what they're trying to claim, of course, and gun right advocates are trying to block, is whether or not there is more susceptible reason for someone to shoot someone, for someone to be in a position to shoot someone when they have a gun on them. And should we allow more or less restrictions on people when they when they show some signs of uh, mental illness. So our laws are built around, should we have any restrictions on people getting CCWs, or should we allow anybody to get a gun and carry them? And does it allow them, does it create more shootings, even if they legally have a gun? If you want to talk about that, you call me at 248 848 1130. That's 248-848-1130. We got, uh, we got a medical malpractice question. What can we do for you in Dearborn? Yes, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Uh, yeah, I have a question for you. Maybe I can call your law firm later on. I got the phone number. Um, regarding um, medical malpractice and the misdiagnosis, uh, here recently I had to go on Social Security um, for the grounds of uh, it was presented to the judge, my, my attorney, uh, let the judge know my client cannot work because of the stents. Uh, doctors have left some stents in my pancreas, bowel duct, and kidney. And these are supposed to be temporary stents. And the doctors have been denying that they're there and telling me to go back to the doctors. I put them in. I've been running so many different doctors, of course. And um, 
you know, since it's a misdiagnosis, um, what is a person able to do? I know we don't have a uh, right for, uh, what is that called, pain and suffering here in Michigan? Well, let me tell you exactly. First of all, I, we have malpractice attorneys that work with our firm that I definitely we can get you the specific answer. But generally, you got to have a, a mistake or something that is not up to the care in this in this area. You know, everybody feels that simply because they have some problem that it is the doctor, the hospital's fault, and it clearly can be. What you need is you need to get it assessed to show that they did not provide the standard of care in the area that's known. And actually, there are many. There's a different standard of care, for instance, that might be uh, testified to in California that might be different uh, in Michigan. So I encourage you to call, and we'll get you to our specialist on it. But the answer is always an individual need to look at what is your case about. It's like saying, I mean, I'll just give it in terms of a criminal uh, uh, example. Someone says that they have a drunk driving, and their buddy uh, had a drunk driving, and he blew a certain amount, and he didn't go to jail, and he didn't lose his car. But I have a drunk driving, and am I going to go to jail, or I'm going to lose my car? Everybody has a specific, different instance of looking at it, and they, every factual situation is different. Just because, well, I mean, just because mm-hmm. someone, for instance, in your situation, let's say that one doctor did not treat a patient in a certain way and there was some type of complication that developed from that patient and they actually uh, found it, let's say, a year later. Well, there's certain rules of when you can actually, when you discover it and when you have to report it to disclose and to put the hospital, the doctor on notice. So every single time, and what I'm doing, I'm saying I'm glad you're calling because what you're doing is you're looking at is this still some type of standard of care that was breached? Do I have a right to sue? And if I do, is there any type of damage that can be collected and what kind? And that's exactly what you need people to do. Yeah, the, the, the implications are I do have elevated enzymes now because the stents were placed before everything was normal, uh, the liver enzymes, kidney enzymes, et cetera. But as we, you, know, you were discussing earlier, talk, talking about the corporate levels of what's going on, of course you get the lobbyists to come in and, and pretty much buy off the congressmen and senators on uh, these medical devices, and and of course you you can get a buyout or or something on the the grounds of a corporate saying okay the corporation is saying hey look the FDA approved these things you got to live with them. Well, yeah. let me ask you this. So as long as you bring that up, we had a caller before that was talking about you know we were talking about criminal cases, but it's very similar in terms of do you believe that corporations because of the power they can really influence those congressmen and our state senators and our U.S. Uh, senators to, to write laws that are going to protect the, uh, the corporate interest. And, the, and it, it's, of course, a rhetorical question. Of course, that's what they do. That's why they spend millions of dollars in this country and in this state for lobbying. They want you, laws for their side. I'll give you a short example. Medtronics came out with a medical defibrillator uh, a few years back, and the judge who was hearing a case, I think it was in Alabama, um, overturned it because of the fact that it was proved at a federal level, the medical device, the defibrillator, um, through the FDA, you cannot sue at a state level. Um, now they're overturning that over years of people suffering, and the reason they found out the, the judge was overturning this is because his son was a purchaser 
and worked for a firm with the government military that put out the advice. So that is how far we are corrupted by the the corporations. And they're allowed to pretty much guinea pig us anytime they want to and cover their tracks because they have the money, the power, and the people to continue this. Well, I definitely want you to uh, give us a call at uh, at our uh, office, 1-800-7100-LAW. If you're listening online, one 800 7100 Five two nine or locally here in Detroit two four eight eight four eight eleven thirty and you know just like John was talking about do you feel that corporations have that kind of influence on our legislature to our detriment see that's the point corporations would always argue listen we're not doing it for ourselves we're doing it for the public good and you know listen you can make arguments both ways but I tend to believe that they always have the interests of their stockholders in view, not the interests of the local individual, of the person using the local drug. We're going to go to break, but I want you to think about that. I want you to think, do you believe that corporations can ever give us that type of benefit for uh, the individual, not just for their stockholder, for the individual when they're lobbying Congress and lobbying our states for laws that they pretend, of course, to protect society. Call us 248-848-1130. Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and keep your record clean? Hi, I'm attorney Scott Weimer, host of Crime Time Live, heard Saturday mornings 11 to 12 noon on 1310 WDTW. Call my office anytime to protect your rights at 1-800-NO-JAIL-1 or go to our website at 1-800-NO-JAIL-1.com. We have payment plans for everyone's budget. There should never be a price on protecting your rights. Call 1-800-NO-JAIL-1 right now.